Hello, this is John Usry, and I want to welcome you, uh, coming to you from Origin Gates podcast, Wisdom's Echo, and hoping you're having an amazing day. I um, uh, just been really chewing on some stuff recently, and excited about what you know I'm trying to implement in my own life, and I uh, just thought I'd share some stuff with you that I'm I'm doing in that. Um, if I had to title this, uh, I think I would title this, What Are You Putting Your Hands To? Um, and we'll build off of that. And uh, There's a couple verses I want to give you as foundational. Uh, Deuteronomy 30, verse 9 says, You're prosperous in all the works of your hands. Deuteronomy 28, 8, The Lord will send blessing on everything you put your hand to, also the fruit of your womb. Ecclesiastes 11, 2 through 8, invest in seven ventures, yes and eight. Psalm 90, verse 17, Yahweh established the work of our hands. Proverbs 14, 23, in all work, diligent, there is profit. Um, those are just some basic foundational verses, and we'll go into some stuff about that. Um, remember, the work of your hands is a significant thing. You have to find something to set your hand to so prosperity can connect to it. And prosperity is not just money, and we know that. The hand is represented by the five, or the hay. Um, hay is an interesting thing. yod hay vav the the name of Yahweh, has two hays in it. There's a purpose in that and a reason for that. Um, hay twice equals 10, the fullness of hands. And so there's a there's a significance to that. The Hebrews have an understanding that through the hay, this world, the Olam Hazah, was created. And its purpose is so that Yahweh could be revealed. I think that's pretty cool. The Olam Hazah, this world, was created so that Yahweh could be revealed. And that's what the hay, or the five, or the single hand um, signifies. The correlation of that is what you set your hand to create and prosper, it'll be caused to be revealed. When you have both hands, you have a fullness in the ten. That creates in the place of olam haba, the world to come. So you create in the world that is, and you create in the world to come when you put your hands to something. Through the work of our hands, naturally and spiritually, yod he vav rests on what we create. He said, you are the I am, I am the I am. The I am takes what you create in olam haba, the world to come, and helps bring it into the present manifestation. Psalm 90 verse 17 says, he establishes it the works of your hands. He solidifies it, causes it to be sure in this world and the world to come. So it's important not just to have head knowledge, known as information. It needs to be acted on in order for you to fulfill the purpose of why this pr present world exists, to reveal Yahweh. There's an interesting verse, the one we mentioned in Ecclesiastes 11.2, and it has multiple layers of understanding. That verse was the one that says, invest in seven ventures, yes and eight. Um, 
and you don't know what yet is to come, what disasters or what things are yet to come. It does mean multiple streams of income, establishing, I like what Lindy says, she says I'm consistently working on establishing a family dynasty as far as creating wealth and creating a financial platform, an opportunity for business for her, her kids, and her grandkids, her generations. And that's a view that's so important. Uh, Christians as a whole, I still am surprised at how many think you talk about money or wealth that there's something wrong with you that oh you should be thinking differently like you know just talking to the poor and loving people and shouldn't worry about money because it's wrong and just baffles me that that's still a predominant mentality in the church um i'm personally working on developing this dynasty thing in, in seeing multiple streams of income and I have a blueprint now that God's given me that that I'm working with to create all that and you know I'm, I have an insurance agency I have uh, some other investment stuff I'm working on I'm working on some other businesses I'm looking at other things in the future that I want to do that I don't want to talk about right now um, but seven and then establishing the eighth because the other understanding of that verse is so significant. Um, before I get into that, I want to just tell you the example of Joseph uh, when he was in Egypt and came up under Pharaoh as the, as the head person in Egypt. This is exactly what Joseph did is Ecclesiastes, the verse there. He created multiple streams of provision and uh, supply he created granaries that stored the grain. He dug wells to provide for water, cisterns to hold it. He had storerooms full for the oil. Um, and in such a way, he did all of this in preparation over the seven years so that when uh, famine came and set in, he not only had supply for he and his family and Pharaoh, but for the whole nation and other nations were provided in the provision that he created through this. And it brings up a point I want to mention is this. Um, being in the perfect place of God, being in the perfect will of God, walking in everything he has for you, does not mean you will be ever without trouble or ever without hard times. It means that you'll have the tools to be able to navigate through it with skill and not just get by, but flourish. So there's a big difference that tough times come to everybody. And it doesn't mean you're doing something wrong or that you're um, out of his will or that, you know, I mean, it's always good to check that stuff, you know, that you're being stupid. But the truth is, is everybody goes through stuff. And he gives us what we have need of pertaining to life and godliness to walk through it. That's what Pharaoh did. But the other layer of understanding, and the Hebrews have an understanding of this, that every verse or every piece of the word or in Torah or in the prophets or wherever it is, um, it has multiple layers of understanding. So you have the surface layer. And that I look at the seven and yet eight uh, streams of income for provision as exactly one of that. Because it, there's another understanding that relates to Genesis 2-7 when God rested. You see, it says, in the seven, create the seven, and yet in the eight also. 
in seven God rested that was his point of rest after creating and doing the purpose of Yahweh resting at that point is now he had us in place to begin to take over and create he created this world now in the present he created what we see and feel and touch and hear and now he has us to begin to create in the world yet to come the Olam Haba and so when it looks at Ecclesiastes that verse it says have seven things that you've put your hands to streams of income and yet eight it's not just a number of things that you're doing which is true but it's also where you're doing it are you doing it in this present world and then are you also doing it in the world to come and we'll talk about how that looks and 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 what that means and you begin to create in the world to come and then you bring it and manifest into this present world in the olam hazah you do this with both hands being able to uh, work in this realm and also in the realms of the spirit in the realms of heaven in the other dimensions and and that comes through a process that comes to learning how to meditate, how to walk with him, how to lean into his heart, how to see down your future timeline and pull it into the present. All those things are part of that. In Olamaba, you create and you pull it into your present, into the Olam Hazah, this world. And how that looks is this. As you meditate on Yahweh, his word, and his word made flesh, you begin to see into your future. You begin to look out down your future timeline. As you do, in the beginning it probably seems chaotic, fuzzy, void, and you continue to frame it up in that place. You begin to intensify your intention and your look at it. Clarity begins to uh, come about, it begins to crystallize, it begins to come clear. And so it might take a little bit of doing. You might be able to do that right away in a minute or two. It might take you an hour of working at it. It might take you a day or two of going back and declaring the thing that you're sensing and feeling in your heart and looking at it looking at it see what it looks like see the, the fine points of it it may take a month a year it may take multiple years keep at it keep working at it and then when it becomes clear you then take it from that place and begin to pull it into your now in front of you into your heart and let it set in there because what's going to begin to happen you become acquainted with it then you become with the feeling of it the emotion as you're doing that crystallizing of your vision that's what you're doing you're pulling it into the place of your heart and you're holding it and the feeling and the emotion of it engaged with that crystal clear vision is what begins to cause the creative process um, you have finally activated the sensory force of emotion and feeling that is in you and you begin to experience your future vision in the present the moment this happens it actually begins to create and manifest in the now so you look down the future timeline you get an idea of what's looking like and as you crystallize it and feel it you're beginning to pull it into the place of your now into your heart and the moment the emotion of it, the sensory feel of it, the thing that you, you know, desire of it. And it's not the emotion or feeling of the process of getting to it. Because that can be painful, that can be tough, and struggles and all that. It's literally the emotion of what it is when you have it. 
Yahweh said he is the I am and you in his image are the I am that means the thing that you're looking at and seeing is beyond time and it's in the I am now moment in your life it's not a future thing and once you can transcend that time thing and have it in the I am in your heart sense it feel it fully completed fully developed that turns it into manifestation so what you then did is created in the world to come and then manifested it in the present. That's why it's important to put your hands to something. There's a Greek word called gnosko, and it means knowledge that goes beyond information. In heaven there's a word, in Hebrew there's a word also called yada. It's deeper knowledge, intimate knowledge in him. As we breathe in the heavenly realm, wisdom and understanding on the inside of us are activated. And the outworking of that is yada. It exposes itself in intimate knowledge out through our diet or through that point, the arc point between wisdom and understanding. Uh, it, there's a place in the dimensions of heaven that's called the knowledge of his ways. And that's only accessed as you've engaged with your putting your hands to create. If you just accumulate information, it'll actually cause you to operate in the wisdom of your own mind, in the wisdom of your own ways, instead of in him. And it becomes putrid and it becomes, it causes you to become vain and puffed up. You can do all this a number of ways. You know, obviously I talked about businesses, and that's a, one of the best ways to engage with the process because it's a creative process. It's a process that takes something that's out in a visionary, imaginative world and pulls it into manifestation where it's producing. Um, but there's other ways. You know, you may be uh, in a situation where you feel like you're bond your years and you can't create that way. Uh, my mom's an example. She's 80 years old, and she's pretty spry. She's pretty, and she's quick in her intelligence and uh, wit. And uh, we recently were investigating, find a place where she can volunteer and help. Uh, it's a good news place for seniors where they can put in needs and desires, and and it, it, it's like kids writing out a Christmas list of things they want. Seniors get to do this at Christmas time and and they this organization helps, you know, fill a need for them, whatever that might be. And year round they do that. And she can engage with that and begin to feel different and full of life and, and vigor again. And um and it's causing a creative process to work in her and I'm watching it change her life because she's seeing creative fulfillment manifesting. It may come through uh, causing friendships to be developed to those that don't have friends and creating interconnected relationships. That's the creative process. And Yahweh loves establishing those things. Um, don't succumb. This is important too. Don't succumb, you know, because a lot of us, Thank God for the youngsters that are in the mystical movement. But quite honestly, there's a lot of us that aren't considered youngsters um, by virtue of chronological age. And I, I see this a lot. There's something that happens, and I just would ask you to just be careful you don't succumb to this. Um, don't, 
don't give in to the retirement or handicap mentality. I can't tell you how many times I've watched people hit the age where they start being able to receive in America the social pension, social security program, and in other nations it's different things. And the moment they do that, something comes over them and governs over in their life because they don't set in government over it that causes them to say, I'm done, I'm retired, and it facilitates the process of death in them. Um, the same with uh, being handicapped. Physical handicaps are real, and, you know, I, I've had family members that are significantly had issues to where they can't, they're not mobile, they can't get around. And yet, I made a determination in my own life, and if you need to use a handicap parking spot, rock and roll, do it, you know, whatever that takes. But I've made a determination in my own life, if my body ever comes to the point where I have an issue like that, I'm going to always park in the spot next to the handicap spot. And, and just not put myself under that label. Now there's people that have wheelchair vans that need extended space for the elevator and and they physically need the wide parking. You know, do I'm not talking about that. I'm talking about because I don't feel good being quick to want to run out or because I'm overweight and I don't deal with that, uh, being quick to want to just get a handicap placard and use a spot. You subject yourself to a different government, a system of the world. You don't want to do that. My uncle was diagnosed with ALS, which is known as Lou Gehrig's disease. And uh, he was 72, I think, when that happened. And he died at 74, 75, something like that. Um, very debilitating disease. But there's another person that has Lou Gehrig's disease, or did, and that was Stephen Hawking, the physicist, theoretical physicist. And now some will say he had a different version of ALS. You know, when you hear the story, it's rather intriguing. Most people die within three to five years. Um, he was diagnosed at 21 years old and lived to the age of 76. He had it for 55 years. And granted, when you saw pictures of him, he's in a wheelchair, completely immobile but his brain was alive and active. And I believe that's what perpetuated him to live another 55 years with a disease that should have killed him in three to five years, according to man's understanding. And now granted, I listened to him and I don't know that he was a man of God. I think Yahweh has a way of connecting with people, especially in final days that, you know, who knows where that's at. And somebody that knows of him personally may know differently. But I saw a thing happen. His brain was alive and lively, and he was creating and functioning and writing books and, and engaging with the process of the mysteries of the natural world and the physical world and the, uh, you know, some of the quantum stuff. He stayed active. He didn't give up. And here he was, lived till 76 years old with that condition. If you need some help with all of this that I'm talking about, ask the Lord. Just go to him and say, hey, I need help fully engaging with the wisdom. I want you to begin to think beyond your current paradigm and see yourself beginning to grow into fullness and maturity, creating as a son. It's why you're here. Fall in love with him and all the possibility that opens up. 
just want to tell you blessings. I believe in you guys. Two or more agreed is touching anything. So you've got me, you've got you, you've got Ruach HaKadosh, all in agreement over this process. And you can go and do well far and above all that you can ask or think. Uh, blessings. Have a great day. And I hope to talk again soon.